So are you wondering what it takes to turn your clients into raving fans who will work with you again and again and refer you to other new clients again and again? Well, find out on this episode of the Enough Already podcast. And welcome to the Enough Already podcast. This is the show for consultants and coaches who want to forge their own paths to success in their businesses, in their careers, in their lives. I'm your host, Betsy Jordan. I'm a business mentor and a brand messaging strategist for remarkable consultants and coaches and their unique strengths. You can find out more about my VIP mentoring, messaging, and brand brand services at my website at www.betsyjordan.com. So let's talk about what we're going to be talking about today. One thing we all want as consultants and coaches is to make a powerful difference with our clients. This is why we left our nine to fives in the first place. But the other thing that we want as business owners is for these clients to become referral sources to new clients. And it's not always clear on how to make that happen. So it's for this reason, I'm super excited to bring on the show my colleague and friend, Bill Lee. He is the founder of the Center for customer engagement, which is a consulting firm dedicated to helping businesses grow through customer focus and engagement. He's the author of a bunch of books, and he's worked with world-class companies like Apple and Subaru and so many more. And he's a fan of Campbell's Hero's Journey like I am, which we're going to talk all about later. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you, Betsy. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about your background, because I know you are a lawyer and you left law and you became a business owner, but I'm not 100% clear. And I know my audience would love to know a little bit about how you went from being this type of professional to having your own business. Uh, well, my my background is all over the place. Uh, you're right. I have, I have a law degree. Uh, I've all, I also worked in business. Uh, in a couple of industry, in two or three industries, in, in, including uh, construction, uh, manufacturing, uh, and the government. Department of Defense. Wow. I was worked in the Department of Defense during uh, during one of the administrations. Um, so what uh, what got me into this? Uh, you know, my, the, the focus of my business uh, is customers, as you pointed out. And what I found was a couple of things. Well, a few things. Number one, I work almost entirely with tech firms, and they're not great at customer relationships. They're all about the technology, about the product. It's all about the product, uh, and they have trouble wrapping their, their heads around it. No, it's about the customer. Uh, that's number one. Uh, and secondly, I myself was a customer in, uh, in the the, uh, the industries that I just mentioned that are often customers of technology firms, construction, government, uh, manufacturing, those are all big verticals for uh, uh, for tech firms. Uh, and then finally, what I what I found by purely by mistake is that there are these huge tech firms in the late 90s, early 2000s, they were building these things called customer reference organizations. They had actually managers managing this. Uh, and I remember this, this factoid uh, at Hewlett Packard uh, that they had 7,000 globally, 7,000 customer references globally. And they had people me measuring this uh, because at that point in time in tech, they could no longer get a, get uh, you know get away with talking about how flashy and state-of-the-art the technology is and so forth and so these big million-dollar deals. Uh, that, that was clearly not working by the late 90s. So they had to get actual customers uh, who would vouch for the technology. They weren't just going to take your, your word for it. They wanted to hear from a peer, from another customer. So, they, so I found this, and I thought this is a huge resource uh, for to have and organize these customers like this, form them into communities and so forth. Uh, it, it occurred to me this is an extremely valuable resource they have, and they're not coming close uh, to, re to to reaping uh, its its potential uh, to to grow the business. So that was kind of the uh, the genesis of my business. 
So for you, it sounds like then is just you witnessed that there was a gap in the market, you know, like other people were not focusing on this. And because of your personal experience being on both sides, being the customer and being in the organization <laughs> is like, wow, this is an opportunity. I want to build a business around this. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. So what is it about <laughs> companies being focused on customers is that so um so important to you? Like what drives your passion for what you do? Not just the opportunity, but why do you care about that particular gap? Well, that's, uh, that's a, that's an excellent question. And you actually hit on it in your, uh, in, in your introduction, you know, you advise and you work with clients uh, that want to make a difference, that want to have a purpose that's beyond, you know, the money or the, or the whatever, you know, the, 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 the material uh, uh, rewards, you know, you're, 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 this, they, those are great. They're necessary, but you were talking about something more and that's purpose. And I, uh, that's what drives me. These are people. Uh, and when you, when I find companies like, uh, especially like Apple or Salesforce uh, and, and others, uh, they don't just create a, a product to sell that, that meets all the features and the benefits and so forth. You got to have that stuff, but that stuff is boring. It's boring. What excites people is not that side of the brain. It's the it's the right side, the creative part. It's where you have the sense of purpose, uh, and then in, in, in that you're doing something. It's not selling to mm -hmm. grow our profits. What a pathetic way to motivate employees. Yes, you got to have that, but that's not a good motivator. What we're doing is that we are improving our customers' lives. Yes. That's what we're here for. And if you're not making a product or a service or whatever it is you're offering, and you can't articulate how this is improving. If all you can talk about is the features and the benefits and blah, 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 then I encourage you, find someplace else to work or find some other business to start where you can say, I can tell you exactly how this is improving our customers' lives. It's making their lives easier. It's making their lives more convenient. Uh, it's making their lives uh, you know, it, it's taken away a, a very, you know, unfun, uh, dr you know, drudgery in their lives. And you're taking away that and making it simpler, easier, uh, so that they can do the things that really, uh, that really enhance their lives. Yeah, I love that. And I love that the whole idea of like even taking a company that's just all about a product or service, you know, or a product that seems like technical in nature and talking about the why, like one of my new favorite things is my Stanley cup. Um, and I don't, I'm not an endorser specifically of Stanley, but you know, I don't really care about the tech of why, what goes into my cup that makes it, right. you know, stay cold all day. You know, what I really like is that this is something that I could have a companion all day long, you know, to help me stay healthy and feel my like my best self. I like that it comes in pink because that kind of matches it. But I like that it has this like little thing down here so I could take it on the car. I don't really care. Oh, and I like that they have certain things like this, like a little, you know, cute little thing on top. You know, I could personalize yes. it, but yeah. I don't really care about the technology behind it. You know, as a consumer, why is it there's so many companies like Stanley, I think, does a great job, like really talking about like how it's going to make your life better rather than talking about the tech. Why is yeah. there so many companies that just have a really hard time just getting outside of like what they do and get into the hearts and minds of the people that they serve and the impact that they want to make? You know, it's because they're not used to that. Um, number, there's a couple for tech for my industry. It's it's they're, they're not used to that. Uh, secondly. Uh, these are, you know, tech folks, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying anything that everybody doesn't realize, including the techs, they don't get human dynamics real well. Mm. That's not their thing. Now, many of them are on the spectrum uh, and so forth, and it's just not something that they resonate with. That's, and that's to be frank, that's a lot of it, and they've got to learn that. Uh, so that, and for years... Uh, you know, I, my, the the value proposition that I offer to these companies 
is is quite uh, is is quite good for the company, but it's taken a long time to educate folks. And finally, what I realized was that the only way they're going to get this and start uh, moving more towards the purpose side uh, of of your of your uh, customer relationships is that they're going to have to. And right now we're in a situation, we're in an economy now uh, where that's becoming the case. So we can talk about that if you want, but that's, it's hard for my, I think probably for most firms in most industries to orient themselves around what's the, the customer and how, how are we improving their lives? It's hard for them to do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and most, uh, you know, they've got, you know, they've got this crazy, Quarterly, uh, you know, financial returns. Look at the every quarter. They're worrying about making the freaking numbers and so forth. I can be, I can be thinking of about a long distance, a long uh, uh, over time, uh, an ongoing uh, relationship. If you're always having to, you know, stop everything and look, look at those numbers. Yeah. So, uh, so it's you know it's it's. It's spot on. It's best for everything to have that orientation. Uh, it's best for your customers, of course. It's best for the company. Uh, it's a great way to to, uh, to disrupt an industry where they're not doing that. There's there's some amazing examples of this in industries uh, where the whole industry is doing this, you know, left brain. Uh, it's about the numbers. It's about it's the sales and so forth. Uh, and then somebody comes in and disrupts all that and says, we're going to be the opposite. And then over the the course of the next eight or 10, 10 years, boom, their market share goes like all the others are like just poking in along or maybe sideways. Uh, and then this, this new entrant comes and it's pretty soon they're the market leader. And Lots it was so interesting. It's interesting that there's like this really solid business case that you can outcompete and outperform and behave the competition if you yeah. get focused on the customers. But it's like this short-term mentality is really what I'm hearing. It's not even like right or left brain. It's like this short-term mentality. Like, for example, I worked with an organization. It was a large hospitality organization. They had me come in and do lots of customer um, qualitative research. So I interviewed over a hundred customers and every single one of them had a singular thing that they had to say. They said that they love the product, but they didn't like the sales process. And if they could change the sales process, they would buy more product. And they were clear. And a hundred percent of all of the customers I talked to, they really hated the sales process. But when I presented the information to the leadership, when I have all of this data behind yeah. it, yeah. they just couldn't hear it. You know, yeah. and then they wound up kept doing it the way that they're doing it. And I'm sure that they're about to get like Netflix from like kind of like the old Blockbuster time. Like if Blockbuster is talking to, you know, customers, they might have thought about Netflix. And then even Netflix is, you know, got all this competition. Why is it that even with the data, the left brain people with the data to say, if you could focus on your customers, you'll get short term and long term gains. Why would they still resist? It's well, it's I'll tell you what it's that it, it, those are in, in, entrenched practices uh, that go back decades and decades, sales process and so forth. You've got people who have devoted their 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 you know their careers to this uh, and and so forth. And uh, some of them simply can't imagine anything. They don't care about the data. It doesn't matter. They're thinking back here, this is my career, I've been doing forever, that's not for me, whatever. The only thing, what I'm, what we're finding now, however, in the tech industry, uh, is that the, the, uh, the economy has changed. Uh, they can no longer, with the usual marketing, you know, marketing's the same way. How many people consume marketing? How many people go to websites to see what companies do? You know, you, know, you, wanna, you wanna ask your friends. Anyway, uh, they, uh, they, they, so you've got sales, marketing, support. Those are generally conceived as the, the growth drivers, the big three. And uh, they're no longer uh, uh, creating profits. 
it's to their two hundred. It's it's what that translate that 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 work you did, the research you did. What that means to the board is this is too inefficient. We can't make profits like our investors expect. It's becoming too expensive. That's what will move their backsides, uh, and that's what's doing it now. And so maybe you've spent your career in this, and maybe that's the only way you see how to do it. Well, what that means in this world is you're out. Yeah, we need we need to do it. We need that's that's the kind, and that's hard. You know, corporations are, are conservative by nature, so it's hard. But when the board is grumbling, and they're not getting their return, the, and the investors are not getting their returns, that's what moves. Uh, that's what moves these these companies, and that's right right now when I'm working with some people uh, to start taking this, and and we're we're not we're no longer, and this maybe uh, re- uh, relevant to your to your audience, you can't make these kinds of changes at the mid-level. Uh, you've got to do it at the board level. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're working on is reaching them. I find when I when I find lower level people, uh, you know, VP, you know, like VPs, maybe SVPs even, uh, they are sometimes receptive to this but when you get when I get to the I have the 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 easiest uh, the the easiest conversations I have are with CEOs. They're the ones that go, "This is interesting," because of the things we've just been talking about. Uh, that's so. Don't short you know don't don't sell yourself short and think well you can only go to those lower levels. You know what do you what would you say to a CEO? Well, I'll tell you something today. There's a ton you can say to them. I've got a clip uh, from uh, we were when we were beta testing this. It's about a year old. It's about a I don't know, it's a five minute clip showing the reactions of a couple of CEOs hearing this for the first time, uh, and it's extraordinary. It's interesting in this scenario that I'm mentioning. It's like the CEO was totally on board, but he was part of a holding company, and the holding company was not on board. And I think that it's to the things that you were mentioning. It seems like like there's obviously the business case for being a customer-centric, customer-engaging organization. I come from Disney. There's no one else who does that one better, you know, from really being focused on the customer. But what would hold people in the way, in the way, especially like in tech companies, you know, might be is like they don't necessarily see the human element at the same time. Some of it might be the short-term pressure. Some of it is you know, my identity is connected to what I might've done in the past. So that's kind of risky. Some might be the fear of the unknown and some might just be that short-term pressure from those who might not see it. But the best way is to, it seems like the best way to convince a, a leader, and perhaps this is where your interest in the hero's journey comes into play, is like providing kind of like an integrated bit on business case, the right and left brain. You know, the one side is here's the rational side, but then here's the emotional purpose side and bringing those things together to overcome whatever that might be. I don't know if I'm hearing this right or I'm just putting words in your mouth. So correct me. Well, I, all of that stuff is important, uh, but but I've, I've gotten to the point, uh, and I've, I've got a partner that I'm doing this with. I think we're both at this point. Uh, if the person, the, the, the prospective client or, or buyer uh, doesn't feel pain. The old, you know, find the pain point, that cliche, it's, it's, it's totally right. They've got to have some kind of, in general, some kind of pain. So if you're talking, like for you, you're talking about the holding company and the CEO and so forth. Uh, so what's, you know, like for the holding company, uh, I haven't worked with many holding companies, but I would say that it's probably the financials for their customers. And the CEO is also probably it's certainly going to have at least for for her for her for her company uh, start there. Uh, and then you have to be able to show uh, that what you're what you're providing with all the great things and the, uh, you know, Joseph Campbell inspiring stuff and all the there's tons of it. it's very inspiring stuff but that gets nowhere until you make that connection with their that that thing that's that's that they're afraid of and it's and and, and it's usually the financials yeah that's true so you can find the angle of like what their pain is and still speak to that pain as yes. the starting point that Lead makes sense 
Yes. So you've been in a business, you've been a business owner for a while and you have worked with a lot of, or you're surrounded by a lot of consultants and coaches. I know you and I met as a part of a professional network of a bunch of consultants. Um, what would you say to consultants and coaches that are listening who are wanting to work with organizations and share your passion for having those organizations really have the client as the center of their business and having that purpose at the center of the business? What would you say to them, regardless of their specific area of expertise? Like yours is obviously in helping them create that customer engagement, but what if they have all kinds of other expertise? What if they're HR consultants, leadership consultants, leadership coaches, or um, you know, operational consultants, productivity sales, like what would you say to them about integrating some type of customer centric approach to how they are advising the leaders that they're working with? I'll start by mentioning none of that. Don't start with that. Okay. Don't give them, people are so proud of what they do uh, and so proud of the results that, that they can get and so forth that they come in and they can't wait to tell the the, the prospect, look at all these amazing things that we've done. Don't start there. Start with what's top of their mind. You've got to find out what is top of their mind. Uh, and that's where you start. And then you just, you talk, you talk about that. Tell me about it. Tell me more. Listen. Lots of listening. Don't sit there and wait for the opportunity. Oh, here's an, here's an opening for me to talk about my shiny right thing don't do that talk about it until you until you start getting a real understanding of what's on what's on her head so it's almost like practicing what you would ultimately be preaching first right. is go in and be customer centric go in and be client centric find out more where they're at their pain and then maybe align what you talk about to what what they care about that's right that's what that's what a good, uh, whether it's a salesperson, whether it's a services person, and so forth. Uh, you want to. That's where you want to start. So a lot of the consultants and coaches that I work with struggle with the same thing as your tech companies do. They have a really hard time for a variety of different reasons, which we could explore a little bit more of like, why is it so hard for consultants and coaches similar to your companies? Why is it so hard for them to really identify and see who the customer is that they ultimately want to serve and organize their business or their consulting or coaching practice around that? Well, it's, uh, it's the, 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 uh, uh, I think what, what you, what you want to do, uh, is, uh, you know, let, well, it, you know, that's a big question. I mean, they're, they're, the, the scenario could be, all right, this is somebody I know. This is in, a, in an industry or with, uh, with an offering that I'm experienced at. Or maybe, just, or maybe it's something that you're moving into a new area and add, like you were saying earlier, uh, to your repertoire. Uh, so there's, uh, you know, those, but I think there's a fundamental commonality to them. And that is get to know them. Get to know them as people, get to know them. Uh, and of course, that includes the work that they do or the areas of responsibility, uh, responsibility, uh, responsibility that they have, and make sure you understand that, you know, that's relevant to what you can do for them uh, and, and get to know them. But what if somebody's listening and say, I don't know who my ideal client is. That's great for you, Bill. Like you knew you wanted to work with tech companies who are struggling, you know, in a certain way. What about me? I don't know. What would you tell to that person to help them identify who might be, you know, their, their, their unique niche and who they should be serving? You know, that's, that's tough. I've, 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 I've not thought about that much. I mean, I found mine by serendipity i think a lot of times those those connections or when, when that clicks i can help these people blah 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 uh that uh um you know that's but it's a hard one it's it's definitely and the the thing to do is probably to start with what you're good at uh not with your uh, i'm not a believer in, in in pursuing your passion uh yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I think what we need, I think our our task on this planet is to find what we're good at. Uh, and sometimes people think, well, what if I don't like what I'm good at? Uh, and it's kind of like, well, 
uh, I, it's for me, it's sort of a cosmic reality that it wasn't our, it wasn't our, you know, it wasn't our decision of what we're good at. We were, that wasn't necessarily our, our decision. But it, to me, it's sort of like whatever you want to call it, the universe or or God or my higher power. This is the gifts I've been given. And that's and then and then find ways to do. And that makes your life once you wrap your your uh, your your arms around that, your hands around that life becomes actually a lot easier. Uh, because if you have if you really have a strength you're better. You're first of all, you're going to be better than the competition. Yes, absolutely. A lot, people, a lot of people do this stuff. Oh, there's an opportunity. There's a hot market. This is a blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, but this is something you're doing that you're really good. This kind of gets a little bit into Joseph Campbell, I think. Uh, and so that's your gift. That's your gift to give to the world. Uh, and that's, that's a place, that's a place to start. You know, there's a, there's a great question. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm also a fan of Eckhart Tolle. If you're mm. uh, mm-hmm. familiar, and he has a great perspective. Uh, he says, "Don't uh, uh, how does this go? Uh, don't ask yourself what I want out of life. Ask what does life want from me?" Yes, that's probably what I, how I would define passion. Like, I think I'm with you on the whole idea of like, I just love this. I love this. Like, don't follow like, like that kind of like, um, squishy kind of passion. But I think you started your business with passion is passion isn't what you love. It's what you hate. And it's like where you see things that are broken that you want to fix it. So you saw a gap in the marketplace. So now I'm motivated. Companies should be focusing on the customers. It's wrong when it's not, you know, like that's the passion. You know, and the gifting is you, the the how how you're supposed to help is based on your unique strengths. You yeah. know that you and I might have the same exact passion, like we both care very much about companies being customer centric, but you have different gifts than I do. So we use them differently to create a different kind of transformation based on that. But I do agree with you in what you're saying. Where with Eckhart Tolle saying, "What needs me?" That's the passion then the gifting is how, how do I show up? Like, what would you say is your really unique gifts that you're so good at that when people tell you like, oh my gosh, Bill, you're so amazing at this. And you're like, ah, it's nothing. Like what's yours? Yeah. Um, you know something I, uh, uh, I did some uh, assessments uh, a couple of decades ago with some, uh, with some people that I knew. And uh, we agree. There was a couple of people in my class, myself and another person, uh, and our and our conclusion was we had the same problem. We were pretty good at a lot of things. We weren't. There wasn't one thing where we were whoa off the charts. My father was like that. He was a builder. He was that was his thing. From the time he was he was a young man, uh, and then in the navy and so forth, he was a builder, no question. And he was always asking me, well, what do you want to, what do you want to do? I was trying all these things. And I said, how am I supposed to even know that? He knew it instinctually because that's that was that was his talent. Um so I'm in the probably in a similar boat to a lot of your clients who uh that, you know kind of like that, that uh you know you're you're not you're not sure. You're not sure what you're really, really good at. I would say at this point in life, uh, if I don't have a pretty good idea at this point, it's probably not going to, it's probably not going to, it's not going to happen. But probably my, uh, my, one of my biggest strengths is, and this I heard from other people. I didn't realize a lot of times you don't know because you think, You think everybody can, what, can anybody do that? This is easy. Why would anybody, well, actually it is not easy for most people. For me, it's connecting people, Mm. putting people together. Uh, I seem to have a a gift for putting the right people together. I mean, I've got, I've had, I've had, uh, uh, for example, I've got a a goddaughter uh, whose uh, parents I'm, introduced i introduced the parents 
uh, and uh, and they have cute four kids, uh, a successful uh, marriage, and so forth. And then I helped connect my goddaughter uh, to some people in Salesforce when she when she was finishing college. She had one of these dreamy kinds of uh, majors, and when, when she graduated, it's like, where am I going to get a job with this? You know, it wasn't exactly the hot thing, but she was extraordinary. She was a leader. Um, she was she has excellent, outstanding character uh, uh, traits and so forth. So I was able to help her. I knew I have connections in Salesforce, one of the best technology and most stable and most successful tech uh, tech companies ever. Uh, and I managed to get her to the right people in Salesforce. And she has a great uh, she has a great uh, career. It's, it's about ten years ago, and she found her husband there. Uh, wow! So, yeah, that was quite a quite a three or four for there. I got with uh, with that those two people way back when. So I love that because like this networker connector person is sounds like that that's what you do in your consulting business is you connect these companies with the customers and you bring them There's, the right company with the right customers and bring them together. And so like that is a good example of your superpower because it would be something yeah. that shows up everywhere. And I think it kind of goes to the theme of what we were talking about um, on our show, which is about how do you help like a consultant or coach really um, create more engaged customers or client relationships and people who will be referrals. And some of it is, it's like, just be in your zone of genius because people will start talking about that to other people would be a key way. I would, I think based on what you're talking about, cause I could see this now, like, Oh, now you told me this talent. I'm like, Oh, well, if I need to, I, you're the person I'm going to call. Like, do you know anyone who knows how to do this? And chances right. are, you're probably going to be like, yeah, absolutely. Like now I know when to call you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and beware that you're, you're not brushing off. When I first heard this, I just brushed it off. Well, what, you know, mm -hmm. how is that going to be valuable to somebody? Uh, why would that play an important part in my career or in my consulting or whatever? Uh, and I saw, so I resisted it. I was a little, you know, I was a little, I don't know, insulted, not insulted, but a little bit like, Hey, don't you know I can do other things? I'm a writer. Uh, I'm a this. I'm a that. You know, you're connecting people. Uh, really, that's all. And uh, over. So don't discount those things. Don't belittle those things. Uh, you know, be aware of that and start looking for ways to use that. Not to get rich. Not to make a lot of money, but to help other people out. Uh, and yes. then all the other rewards will come. Uh, yeah, but don't don't discount uh, don't discount that. It was interesting one time I interviewed one of my former clients who I used to work with. He's a CEO, and I worked with him for years and years and years. And I was asking him about like, well, why would CEOs hire consultants and coaches? And he would st he was starting to mirror back like, well, you know, here's what you did for me. It's like you helped me sort and organize all the ideas in my head and help bring clarity into my messages and what I was doing. I'm like, yeah, but what about my what am I about my, my master's in organization development? He's like, oh, I don't care about that. I'm like, well, what about like, I could do strategy. I could do this. He's like, no, I don't care about that. It's this. And ironically, like that is what I get paid to do now with my clients. Yeah. I help them sort and organize all their ideas and put words to it. It's the same yeah. skill set and it can go in a lot of different ways. And really what transformed me in my business was really getting clear on like getting not clear, getting curious when people would call me up and ask for help. Like, well, what is it that you're looking for from me? Which goes back to what you said earlier about being a, a customer-centric, client-centric organization is ask, get curious, and then you'll be surprised how many times that you're, they just energetically can sense, like, this is what your gifting is, and I need to tap into that. Mm. Not to be too woo, but that that's kind of mm. how I see it. Well, there's, there's you know, the, the universe is full of woo-woo, you know? It's, 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 it's full of all kinds of things that are speaking to us. I truly believe that. So tell me a little bit about your interest in the hero's journey. I just want to touch on that for just a second, since that's a Shero's passion. How do you discover Campbell and how do you see the relevance of Campbell to consultants, coaches, business owners, companies? You know, how do you see the connection? Well, uh, I, I saw there was a 
television series on PBS where uh, where, uh, where Joseph the Bill Gable, Moyers one. I'm sorry. The Bill Moyers interviews. Yes. Yes. So good. So good. The and, power of myth. And I and, and I just uh, I don't know why I got interested in that, uh, but when I started watching it, I was just drawn to it. Uh, and it's like, I thought it was amazing. I mean, this, this guy, uh, I mean, he was, a, you know, he was, he was into mythology and all these, you know, he was an academic. I thought, you know, that sounds kind of boring to me, but this guy was also very, you know, was, he was an Olympic uh, champion, I believe, uh, in the Olympics. Uh, and he had all these uh, interesting experiences. So anyway, I, I tuned into it. And it's like, kind of like, you know, I don't know if you can uh, uh, condense this into a, into, a, into a short sentence, but I think it's about what our lives are. What our lives are, I think, is, is and what our lives are is a, is, a, is a story or a succession of stories. And what fuels us and, and um, and motivates us, and so forth, uh, really uh, take the form of a story. Stories are a very powerful way to understand ourselves, uh, to understand other people, uh, and to build, it's a, it's a great template around to build your company. Uh, what story do you want your customers to tell? That's a great question to ask yourself mm. about, uh, about your uh, about your business, it's like put away the freaking spreadsheets or whatever you know the the what what, what you know or, or you know the, the financials, the numbers or the aligning, blah blah. Uh, you know, give one person. Steve Jobs only had one uh, one person in his in his company that that tracked all that stuff. He did not want his customer facing. Or his customer impacting customers, uh, he he did not want them worried about that. He wanted them to think about the experience and the story. I mean, he would he would he realized, for example, that when you buy, uh, you can you can contrast everything that Mag did with like Microsoft. You know, Microsoft was ugly. It was. You know, in the in the in the in like in the PCs and so forth, they were ugly. Uh, they were, you know, they were a, a pain to use and so forth. From the moment you get a Mac, and even the box uh, is is beautiful, uh, and it's you open this and it's like you're starting a movie or something. You're starting a story. Uh, and then you start, you pick it, you pull it out. It's very simple. You plug in, and guess what happens when you plug it in and turn it on? It works. You don't have to look at the manual, and this is going way back, but this is back when Apple started, be, you know, made them so distinctive. So it's it's an experience. It's a story you're having with this device. It's going to be part of your life. Uh, and so forth, and here are the ways that it will help you uh, with your life, and and enjoy it, and so forth. It's all it's all a journey. Uh, and and today, when uh, you know when people when companies promote their tra traditionally when they promote their stuff, uh, again it's boring. Like they you know it's hard for them to make this really interesting. And the way to make it really interesting is to tell your customers stories. You know, I think in, a, in, in the best of all worlds, websites would get rid of all the word salads and all the, you know, the best in if breed and uh, global blah, blah, blah. And so take all that out and put your customers' stories up there. Yes. That's the way I, I look at like every, every website page in the website in the whole, you know, tells that, you know, here's the customer in their current world. Now they meet you. You're the mentor. You're the guide. You're this. And you create some sort of transformation. And so like yeah. every every website page should begin with like, you are struggling with this. Let me identify with you. Now I'll introduce myself as your guide, your helper, your solution. That's right. 
And now let's talk about the transformation. And I think the transformation, there is some of the resolution of pain points for sure, but then there's this larger transformation. So let's say I get my Mac computer, you know, like what's the transformation? It's like, yeah, it'll, it'll work for me. It'll, you know, stay on as long as my day is long, you know, but then the transformation is like, I have the business tool to launch my business. I have the business tool to do whatever it is I want to do. That's the, that's the heart stuff. That's the cool stuff. And I think especially from, for the listeners who are, are, are listening in now, your consultants and coaches, you have a huge transformation story. You can't always talk on the website at the end of the story, like work with me and I'm going to help you be your authentic self. Like that doesn't resonate, but show how you're going to guide someone along the way. Yes. So you've got a, you got some books, you've got a lot going on in your, in your world. Can you talk a little bit more specifically about your business and how people can tap in? Tell us a little bit about how, where, where they could buy your books and kind of what your books are about. Um, yes, I am. I'm semi-retired. I had started to retire. Uh, and then I, uh, this uh, a partner of mine, Jeff Burns, uh, he has a platform called Slap5. And, uh, and we're in the same, he was, a, in fact, a, a sponsor at the conference that I used to do every year. And, um, and what, what we are seeing is the potential, this untapped potential of your customers to grow your business. Uh, and, uh, so we, you know, we commensurated over this and so forth. We weren't getting traction and getting the, the traction that it deserved. So we are now, uh, since the pandemic, uh, we are realizing that what I was saying earlier, we're only going to be talking to senior level people, uh, mm. because, uh, because mid-level people can't wrap their heads around us. They have, they have demands. So forth, they don't have the power, they don't have the budgets that they need, and so forth. So we're, you know, we're working at that level. Um, so the uh, the books I've written are two books. Uh, one is uh, the Hidden Wealth of Customers. Uh, it's probably hidden, hidden uh, love or hidden wealth. The Hidden Wealth of Customers. Great, I love that. Um, and it's about, uh, and of course, that's what gets people reading it, and then they find out that a lot of what you got to do. To, to extract that wealth is you got to love them. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not a bold way to put it. They're human beings. You care about them sincerely. And if you're familiar with Net, net Promoter Score. Yes. Uh, Fred Reichel. I know Fred. He's uh, he, he, uh, he's keynoted at my at my events. We've had him on a couple of, uh, or, or one so far, a webinar. He's got a new book out. Uh, and he and he is, a, he is not a religious guy. He is not uh, a pretty, uh, particularly a woo-woo guy at all. He's a very, he's a pain, uh, pain consultant and founder and all this stuff. But he has come to the conclusion that the way to win uh, in business is to love, L-O-V-E, coming from this consultant. Uh, he's not religious, as I said, not religious. But that's what he's come to. You love him. That's how you win. And then he's got cases that are amazing on this. Wow. And, and, and not, it's not just about one or two companies or a handful of customers that, that do this and that, and that really do love their customers. Like Nike does this. Apple uh, has done this historically. Uh, Tesla, uh, before uh, Elon Musk, Sort of went crazy yeah. uh, in the early days. Uh, he 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 had mastered this. That's how. Anyway, he, he's an interesting story. Uh, but uh, T-Mobile uh, and so forth and so on. He's taken these industries where they do net promoter score correctly, which is equivalent to you love your customers and you and you hire people that love your customers. Uh, and he's taking these industries, telecom, computers, uh, you know, autos, automobiles, so forth. He's taking all these industries and compared their growth over the last, he's got data now going back long enough to do this, but going back 10 years and look at their stock ap- appreciation. That's what the boards, that's what the investors are looking at, right? Yes. And the, uh, 
uh, in the growth of these customer of these industries, uh, I'm sorry, of these of these uh, companies within their industries is extraordinary. Much more than 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 the S and P, which is kind of the uh, the standard for the stock market. It's like I think it's five x uh, something dramatically higher. And then if you if you know Jim Collins, mm-hmm. uh, who has all these great books, Good to Great, and so forth. When they look at his customers in good to great, I believe it was, and look at their tenure, you know, of the top 10, of the top 13 or whatever that number was, the, the growth of those companies in the following 10 years, right, the ones that have become great, flatlining. Wow. Very poor. Yeah, because, because Colin, you know, Colin's a smart guy, but he based the definition of what made them great Based on their pre, uh, based on their previous financial success, not how the customers, the customer, the you know the the, the attachment and the loyalty of, of their customers, like Fred does. So pretty powerful, pretty powerful. Um, so you're so partnering with you know, him on that, or like what are you guys all? What are you working on with this net promoter? Well, we it's something we we run we run across all the time. We find, mm-hmm. for example, one of the first things I did uh, with the client was uh, um, I had a client and they were having trouble finding references. This is this is probably 20, 20 years ago. They and they didn't uh, they you know they didn't have a uh, uh, they weren't getting references and the salespeople were complaining. It's like the references are a waste of time. Don't even send me. So they got a new uh, a new uh, VP, Colleen Kaiser was her name, super smart person, and so she came in and, and took it over, and she she so she looked at the net promoter scores, the, uh, and and the the promoters were not being uh, invited to reference, and of course the the. The question that that you asked, the one question uh, survey is, how likely would you be to to uh, to to refer uh, or to recommend this cut co- this pot this product or this company? That's the question. One question on a scale on a scale of zero to ten, and they were and so so there were a lot of they can't find references, but they have a substantial number of customers that said they would be likely to be a promoter, to refer you. So here's the genius thing she did. She just took those ones that answered nine and 10, that they'd be highly likely, and she starts putting them over into the reference program, which, oh, sure, yeah, happy to do that. No resistance. And within a few couple of months, the salespeople rated the, you know this 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 uh, reference program went from like this you know to like whoa like this like essential or important to the sales and to their sales process um so that's fascinating yeah um so where was I going with that anyway that's that's so, uh, <laughs> well I was hoping that sorry, I was I'm going to I'm trying to I'm trying to promote you. So speaking of right. not promoter, I want to promote you. So what's your website address and how do we get your books? Uh, okay. Uh, my uh, my website is, the easy way to find it, it's a center for customer engagement, but you don't have to type all that out. You can just you can just look up C, letter C, the number four, CE.com. And then my books, uh, The Hidden Wealth of Customers, I believe is still on Arizona, uh, uh, Amazon. Uh, it's, it was published in 2012. Uh, and the interesting thing about that book is it was ahead of its time. Most people's, mo- most companies aren't doing this still, but more and more are starting to do so. So it's kind of getting a little bit of a, of, of a, of a um, second life or something. And then another company, uh, another, uh, and that's Harvard Business Review. There's also several articles if you don't want to bite into a whole book. I've got a, uh, several uh, HBR uh, articles uh, on uh, on customers and so forth. And then uh, the other one is the uh, uh, Mavericks in the Workplace. It was about employees. And the yeah. themes there, and this was uh, uh, Oxford Uni- University Press published it. 
that sounds a little intimidating. It's like 200 pages and it's an easy read, but it's about employees. They need, if you want a, if you want a great company, you've got to have customers that love you and will refer you. And to have those, you've got to have employees that find meaning in their work. Um, and that's kind of what that's about. That's awesome. So you look at it from a couple different angles. I love that. And I love all the other references and even bringing back to the net promoter, which is going back to the theme of this particular episode. Just wanna, I just want to summarize some of the stuff that you said for my specific audience, you know, who do want to grow their consulting and coaching businesses and they want to get more clients and get more referrals. It sounds like based on if I were going to apply your advice, you know, one, based on your journey and your own personal example is really let that desire to see that unmet need in the marketplace be the person to go fill it, lead with that and see that opportunity. Seems like the second thing would also be when you are working with your clients, like really start with them. You know, what's their pain points? What's their needs? Don't push on what you want to communicate to them. Listen to them. Sounds like even from a marketing standpoint, you know, make sure that you feature the journey, the heroic transformation journey that your clients are experiencing rather than get caught up in all the mundane of the yeah. You know, this is this this is what I do. This is my methodology and all of that kind of stuff. Really talk about it in that bigger picture. And then it seems like when you're doing client work, be very paid, be very cognizant over making sure that you're doing what you need to do so that at the end of your consulting or coaching engagement, your clients are going to rate you from a net promoter standpoint is will you repeat and recommend even just ask them that question at the end of your engagement and those who rated an eight or nine you know, ask them directly. Can you give me a testimonial? Can you give me a case study? And then it sounds also like using um, using their transformation story to almost inspire your future clients into what's yes. possible for them. That seems That's like the application to my them. right. That's what inspires them. It ain't your story. It's it's other customers. That's 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 very good. Is there then, anything else that you'd want to tell my audience of consultants and coaches about what they can do to create a client-centric um, practice and how they can ignite client-centric or customer-centric organizations? And I'm just not asking you the right question. Um, I you, just one other thing that I would that I would uh, reiter reiterate uh, is get in touch with your superpower. Mm, that's right. Get in touch with it. All starts with your superpower. I think. Uh, and then, uh, and then everything, everything you said there, great. Uh, it's a great, uh, uh, it's a great summary of what I'm talking about here. And that's fun for me because that is what I love to do is my superpowers, helping people figure out their superpowers. So if you want to work really? with me on yeah. developing, figuring out your superpowers and packaging it, definitely check out my website. Um, I cannot thank you enough, Bill, for being on the show. This has been an amazing conversation. And for those of you listening, I've got lots more people who are as amazing as Bill um, scheduled to be on the show. So be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And until next time, just you know, thank you again for listening. And remember to be you and all you do because you are enough already. So we'll see you next time. Well put. Thanks, Betsy. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire in you, please rate and review Enough Already on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit me on my website at BetsyJordan.com and it's Betsy Jordan with a Y and you'll learn all about our end-to-end -end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait, start today.